Welcome to B2B Marketers on the Mission, a podcast for B2B marketers that helps you to question the conventional, think differently, disrupt your industry, and take your marketing to new heights. Each week, we talk to B2B marketing experts who share inspirational stories, discuss their thoughts on trending topics, and provide useful marketing tips and recommendations. And now, here's your host and co-founder of I'm Like Consulting, Christian Klepp. All right, folks, welcome to this episode of the B2B Marketers and the Mission podcast, where you get your weekly dose of B2B marketing insights. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and today I'm joined by someone on a mission to help companies achieve shorter sales cycles through customer success stories. So coming to us from Raleigh, North Carolina, Mr. Alexander Ferguson. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much, Christian. Glad to be on. Great to be connected, Alexander. And I love how we started like having these conversations, obviously also about your area of expertise, but we started talking about Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Epic the stories. Most, the big <laughs> stories, the most frequently misquoted Star Wars quotes, and so on and so forth. But like, let's uh, let's get right into it, man, because this is, uh, is going to be a great conversation. Hey, absolutely. I'm excited, man. Stories are the best place to focus on and video. Come on. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. On that note, <laughs> you are clearly an expert when it comes to videos. And, you know, for this conversation, let's uh, focus on how to leverage videos for both B2B marketing and sales processes. So from your experience, how do you think videos can help both B2B marketing and sales teams to break through that noise and increase their chances of success? I'm still surprised today when I have to convince marketers or sales folks on the power of video. I, I assume it's it's just a matter of fact, uh, but that's usually the curse of knowledge because I'm in it every day. For If you're out there and you know it already, great, we're buddies. But for those that need a quick refresher, I usually have three handy stats that I pull out all the time. 72% of customers say they would much rather learn about a product or service from a video. And even though we as the marketer salesperson may not enjoy watching video all the time, your customers probably do. <laughs> Three-fourths out of your customers are, are those type of folks. In addition, though, 95% of a message is retained by uh, watching a video compared to usually only 10% when, when you're just reading text. The amount of information, if you really want them to remember what your product or service is about and why it can help them, then video is that is that vehicle for it. And, but the biggest one that I get really excited about and talking about, we were discussing Lord of the Rings and, 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 and Star Wars and why those epic stories work is because it pulls your emotion in. It gets you emotionally connected to the character, to what's happening. And that's where video beats text images by itself. And a lot of times we're we're making decisions when we buy certain things because of our own emotions. And, I, and in sales, I know I'm sure we've all been trained on that, that we're, we're, we don't always use our logical part of our brain. So if you can connect and, and it's a fascinating with the voice, um, there's studies been done, it actually like bypasses and gets directly into the motion part of your brain as you hear the, the motion in someone or you see their facial reactions. If you can get your, your customers on camera or your team on camera, they connect with you in, in a real human way. Um, so there's, there's so much power when it comes to using video in, in marketing and sales. I can totally tell how much power there is just by the way that you deliver that. It's like just so much emotion there. <laughs> no, but those are some really incredible stats. Let me see if I got this right. So you said 
you brought the 72% uh, of customers who want to learn through video. And that's a pretty powerful statistic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, which I, 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 I want to pick your brain a little bit, because you brought up the topic of emotion, right? Mm-hmm. And it is starting to change in B2B. And I think, um, you know, videos are no exception. But, you know, like, people don't normally associate anything, anything that has to do with B2B with emotion, Right. And that's so annoying. <laughs> B2B doesn't, shouldn't be boring and, and emotionless. We're still human beings, even though we're yes. marketing to another business, people are still the ones behind it that we're interacting with. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So yeah, this next question, you've probably seen them all, but like, you know, just top line, give us some, some of the most common mistakes that B2B marketers make when it comes to using videos and what can be done to address these. I heard a stat recently at a Product Marketing Alliance Summit meeting, uh, an event that I went to. 70% of content goes unused. 70%. Wow. <laughs> and, and that just struck me like, what? Hold on a sec. Is that really true? And, and where they kind of dove into it, and I found fascinating is it's the fact that there's no context for for the rest of the organization and team talk about like sales enablement content there's not the right context for them to know how when where that piece of of marketing video or other type of content can be used and 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 i think that's a missing piece a lot of the times like for sales teams when marketing creates a a great video we deal a lot with video testimonials and customer videos it's like what you need to know at the right time, right place. Okay, this this is the story I need for this particular customer, or in this particular marketing funnel, we're going to need this type of story or this social media campaign, etc. So the more context you can give to your campaigns, just dramatically reduces that percentage that goes unused. Um, that would probably be one of the biggest ones. The second one I see a lot is uh, folks not optimizing uh, their video for social media platform they'll just they'll create a video and then they'll they'll throw up on their website and then they'll like well it's supposed to their social media haphazardly without maybe realizing it's haphazard each platform i may be preaching to the choir here for those marketers out there each platform has its own unique characteristics etc and we've been doing a lot of testing i'm happy to share more in, in our conversation of what works and what doesn't um but that's just probably the missed opportunities like oh we created video we put it online nobody consumed it nobody watched it yeah did you drive traffic to it and did you optimize it for the right platform yeah no that's um that's absolutely right wow that those 70 percent that, that that was a shock oh, yeah. statistics um mm. there are probably a, a collection of factors um that are the cause of that right but um, you know, from your experience, what, what do you think they are? Is it is it a lack of understanding uh, of who the target audience is? Uh, most probably, um, what topics are not just interesting but relevant to them? Like, why should they care about this video? Mm-hmm. Well, what's in it for them, right? So, answering those questions. But your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's definitely the right time and. Getting the right message, the right time, the right place for that yeah. particular customer, whether it's in marketing or sales, and and it's. Um, it's difficult to, uh, uh, to know that off the top of your head. So it's like, it's nice when you create the content, you've already given the right labels and context and, and taxonomy, I think that's the right word to whatever content you create. It takes a little bit more effort at the beginning. So when you create your content, you have to add that to it, but then it means talk about like evergreen. You're, you're like, all right, 
I know I have this content somewhere for this marketing campaign or for this customer and my sales follow-ups, but I have no idea where it is or how to find it. And that's where just, I think a lot gets unused and misses that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to go back to something else that you said. Um, and I'm curious, I'm sure the audience will be curious about this, but what have you seen on social media platforms in terms of video that works and does not work? I would say the first thing that comes to my mind is authenticity. It really is. It, if it feels not marketing ish <laughs> if it just feels authentic and real we're in an age of tiktok right now craze and i um even as a video person i don't love tiktok i don't really get on it much but i i need to i'm understanding i'm digging into it and, and it's kind of proliferating the rest of our our, our lives even before tiktok with instagram etc people are uh consume and want to see real people and not too polished and 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 as as we're a video, we create videos, we ride that balance of we want it to look good, we, especially in the B2B world, you want it to be polished, you want it to be on brand, but you can get so far, I, I saw a quote and a comment from Dave um, um, uh, Gerhardt, um, who, who talks about like, why does all of our these ad marketing content look so on brand, it needs to, to fit into where the the uh the audience is if you, if you're using LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook, um, the the closer you can get it to just see seem or or actually is organic content that you're just connecting as a person to another person, I think dramatically increases then um that type of social video and other content to to work better. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, especially you know with regards to like the video looking too polished. I mean, like you can probably tell if somebody's reading. Uh... <laughs> They were reading some text, right? Or even the text itself, right? If it sounds too, well, mechanical or it's too like, okay, it's like corporate talk, right? Dropping yeah. a lot of those, uh, dropping a lot of that jargon that, I mean, I mean, I guess, again, it goes back to who your target audience is, right? So if you're targeting like a specific group of like engineers, for example, then maybe it's fine to use the type of jargon, right? I've I've seen uh, really great videos that uh, have been posted, whether it's YouTube or LinkedIn, and and it's either just like a screen recording, or and then you see a little bit of their face in there, and they're just talking, and they're just sharing value, they're adding value, and that's probably the biggest is what's the focus of your of your content or video? Is it let me tell you all about me, or is it let me talk about you and 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 your problem and 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 how I've seen it being solved, how we've been solving it, how someone else has been solving it. Then that's the type of content in the B two B world that performs much better. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, talk to us about a recent challenge, just one um, that you and your team have managed to solve for client. Yeah, um, one of our our customers. Uh, they came to us and they really needed a, a large library uh, fast of customer customer stories. Um, and so we were able to build up uh, a library of about 18, uh, 18 different customer stories. Um, but the biggest thing they were trying to do is increase the, or but rather boost their sales cycle because there's a problem like we wanted to reduce the, the time it takes <laughs> for for a customer to say yes and sign up and, and start taking the trial etc so they started tracking some statistics um the, the challenge is is like getting those stories in the right place the right time um and 
that kind of goes back to the context piece. So they built out um, a effectively a customer stories page, but it was a library of all these videos. Um, but the big thing that they did, I found fascinating, and we were talking through it is even putting context on those pages of, all right, this is the industry that this particular customer is in. This is how they were using the product. And what they did is they they um, then started implementing this into uh, automatic like email follow-ups that would happen, both their sales team would do or or in their marketing campaigns. And they, they tracked that like 71% of the opportunities were influenced um, by, because they were going to these pages, they were tracking, I think they used HubSpot to, to see those, those engagements. But the fascinating statistic was 96% of customers were influenced, meaning <laughs> almost, just, just shy of 4% of, of the entire 100% of your customers they checked them out. They went and saw them. Um, and so that's why I found fascinating is that most customers, e each of us, we want that validation. We were like, all right, let me just check something out. And it's the how quickly can you build up this, this library of validation that you say, oh, this is a person just like me. They're, they, they're, they're covering a similar challenge and they're executing it how I want, how I want to do it. So it's giving, again, that context for your customer to see these these different stories and and. Um, which then leads to them uh, saying, "All right, this is I'm ready. <laughs> Let me hit buy." Yeah, those are those are those are some pretty incredible um, results and in the statistics. And yes, like um, definitely HubSpot is one of many platforms where you can um, track that kind of engagement easily, right? Um, yes, yeah. And when we talk about later, I can show you all about other tech stacks to, <laughs> for, oh, for yeah, content. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, don't you worry. Yeah. We are going <laughs> to get to that. <laughs> we are going to get to that yeah. conversation um, yeah. sooner rather than later. Um, but yeah, yeah just um, build, building on a little bit further, um, you know, what you said um, earlier on in the conversation, um, talk to us about why um, it's important to have a video strategy, right? So why should this part of the process not be, not be avoided or ignored or skipped? Yeah, well, <laughs> video, <laughs> yeah, video. Well, it, it's funny when you talk about video strategy, and, I, and I've heard that comment come up as like, Either if it's from the CEO or or, or, or some other VP, or, or they're like, "What's our video strategy?" Um, and it's okay. Yeah, let's do more video. That's our strategy. Do more video. Like, ah, uh, what? Video, video is a tool in your strategy, and. I mean, as a video person, I've always loved to say, no, 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 video is a whole, whole own strategy. You need to have all this just focus on video. Video is a tool inside of your entire strategy. It's a powerful conversion tool. So really when you're looking at your strategy, your overall, overall marketing or your sales funnel and figuring, okay, how do we increase conversions? How do we increase trust? How do we reduce the sales cycle? You need to start looking, okay, where am I inserting video at each of those different stages? Because it dramatically can increase those conversions and boosting that that sales cycle, um, if you're you're using it, uh, if you're using it well. <laughs> and, and I hate for people to say we just need a video. Put it on the homepage, and that'll magically do something. I mean, yes, putting a video on your homepage will do something, but you just need to know why is it there? Why and and understanding it throughout the the funnel. So that's probably the biggest thing when I hear strategy and video. It's like doing more videos. That's not a strategy. <laughs> It's not really. <laughs> I mean, you should. We all should yeah. be making more video, but yeah. yeah, fitting it into it's the rest of it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's a it's part of the um, it's a component in the overall plan, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 I think the other thing that um I've always heard people say 
um, you know, when we were discussing video is like, yeah, definitely we should put it there because it's uh, raising awareness. So it's like, okay, fine. All right. But is it going to do anything else beyond that? So yeah. it goes back, it, it, go, it goes back to a conversation I was having yesterday. I love, I love using this French word because it sounds so fancy, but what's the raison d'etre, right? Ooh. What is the reason for being like, why is this video here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you hoping to achieve by putting that out there? Yeah. If, if you want, I can share another kind of goes back to the um, recent challenge. Mm-hmm. This is more not for a customer for ourselves mm-hmm. um, and talk about video strategy. Yeah. We needed more consistent SQLs, right? So um, <laughs> we needed more in the pipeline. We needed more calls coming in and we had done an, an ebook, uh, uh, yeah, it was a downloadable report that we launched last year and it worked really well. It was good, but it's like, it, it ended up, you know, it only has the shelf life of promoting that and we putting an ad campaign and then it started to taper off. And the idea of having to create a new ebook, like every month or a couple of months, is like, ah, that's a lot of effort and time. And, and, and is that really, how do you create something that people are like, oh my gosh, I need to download this. Um, that's where I was starting looking at, okay. I do want to add more video. That's not the strategy, though. The, the strategy is we need a funnel that gets more SQL. So what we did is um, we created a top of the funnel uh, campaign using customer stories um, that actually ended up generating like a 5x return on ad spend um, by using those at the top, where we ended up, and I'm actually planning a whole nother like, a breakdown to share with our own customers. Like, hey, these are ways to use these same interviews with your customers in new ways, is you start with... Uh, the problem statement uh, at the beginning um, that leads them to then they can see how it's solved. But it comes back to again context and, and focusing on your customer. Um, but it, it, that that where I was really excited about to to see. Okay, we need we had a problem, we solved it using the tool of video. But the, the strategy wasn't hey, let's just do more video and throw it on LinkedIn. Absolutely, absolutely. I, no, I love how you broke that down into its, you know, in, into its respective parts because that's, I think, something that people need to hear, right? Mm-hmm. Like, where does this fit in in terms of the overall, let's call it the puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What part of the puzzle is this, right? How, how do you make this part of this uh, unified whole somehow, right? Yes. Yes. Fantastic. All right. Oh, you're gonna have a field day with this question. Oh boy. Um, talk to us about some of your top video do's and don'ts oh you go <laughs> yes i could have a lot i could have a lot of this i'll do i'll do two 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 do's and two don'ts we'll, we'll start there we might, might might go further two do's uh if you're if you're doing video for top of the funnel make sure you have a hook make sure you have a hook and that usually is within the first three to five seconds um if you're particularly using YouTube, people have the ability to skip. So that's a, a natural, if you, you're, you're going to need to capture them. But even on LinkedIn, if you're doing social content or other types of ads and you're just trying to capture their attention, um, it usually isn't about you, your company or anything. You, sometimes because it's a visual medium, you might do something funny or, or visually interesting or stimulating or, or posing an interesting question uh, to capture their attention. <laughs> and so make sure you do that. Another do, which is something we already talked about is making it personal, keep making it authentic. And in the B2B world, it's still so lacking. And, and it's crazy to me how often that we just fall into the trap, myself included, of we have to be on brand. We have to sound very professional and all perfect. And granted, you, you, your 
depending on the size of your organization, there may be a lot of rules that you have to follow. Uh, but if you can just push that barrier as far as you can go to make it more personal, personable and more authentic, then then it's, it's going to help you so much. All right, two don'ts. I'll give you some two don'ts. Uh, still kind of connected, but don't make it about you. Uh, focus on the customer. A lot of videos I still see is all about how great we are, how great we can solve your problems, how great uh, we are. We we won this award uh, and we we got funding. We we did this. We did that. It's like wonderful, good for you. I have don't care. Uh, your 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 employees are liking your video, but is anyone else? Focus on the customer. Focus on the problem. Um, that's that's a way better uh, attitude. And another thing to not do. Don't focus on perfection. Don't focus on perfection. Uh, focus on A-B testing. I am a huge fan, of, and I've been uh, investing a lot in LinkedIn advertising this past uh, 12 months now. And if you wait for the absolute perfect video and you finally get it out there, you might find it flops. It doesn't work. And, I, and I've gone through a lot of flops, <laughs> and I've experienced like, gosh, that was so per I thought it was great, and it did not perform. Focus more on A-B testing, creating multiple versions, iterating faster, uh, just like you would a text campaign. Uh, think the same way in video. You might just have to change your strategy to maybe reduce the uh, quality. I don't want to say reduce the quality. Um, simplify. There we go. Simplify it so you still have quality, but you can do multiple iterations and versions uh, with the same campaign. Some really great points, and I love that last bit about like you know not making it perfect because all too far too often, like even with some of the projects I was involved with in the past, right? Um, many of them were suffering from uh, it's this, it's this, it's actually not a rare disease, it's a very common disease called opinionitis, right? <laughs> and uh, and uh, analysis paralysis, right? Mm -hmm. It's a lot of this, um, and I and I'm sure you tend to agree, it's a lot of this like uh, inside out approach versus let's look at this uh, from the lens of a customer or a prospect and how would they be viewing this video versus, well, let's just make sure that we get internal buy-in from everybody across seven layers, right? Mm -hmm. And then once everybody like has their, you know, has their, you know, has their piece or, or gives their feedback and gives their opinion and, and adds in their tweak because everybody then becomes the creative director. <laughs> and, then, and, and then once that's done, um, then launch it. And that's clearly like an approach that as you, you know, as you rightly said, um, is probably more often than not, uh, will not succeed, right? It is, yeah, the analysis paralysis or, or opinionitis. Um, yeah. you, you end up uh, creating a video agglomerate of what everyone thinks internally the yes. video should be, but who, who actually is caring about what the customer cares? <laughs> It, it, they right. might not care what your team thinks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, fantastic. I had two uh, follow-up questions for you. Um, yeah. So one is, you, you know, you talked about um, having a hook. So having some kind mm. of call to action. <laughs> so I'm going to dig a little bit further here. And like, in your opinion, when it comes to video, what would you say is not a great call to action? Well, before I dive too deep into that, mm. when I talk about a hook, yeah. um, I don't necessarily call to action, don't mean call to action of like, hey, go do this. Now you okay. do need a call to action in all your videos. Sure. When I often talk about a hook at the beginning, it's grab, how do you grab their attention to keep listening? 
Um, and when it comes, okay, what is a good hook there? Um, there's two sides to look at. One would be content. What are you saying? And what are you visually stating? Because in social media, like headlines are important. Um, the other side is what are you doing visually? For instance, I, I we got several of our campaigns that we were testing and A-B testing our, ourselves. Um, at the beginning, we'd have like our own team members on, on camera and we'd have some cash <laughs> going like this or, or up and, and, you know, putting your hands like, you know, you could be wasting a lot of money right now. And it's that visual, like, Whoa, what? Um, I've seen other people like, uh, like wave at the camera. It's like, uh, visually cueing them. Hey, I got something or you hold something in your hand or you've got a whiteboard and you've got a word on it and you circle it. It's like, Hey, is this what your face? It's like some sort of visual cue that's like, Oh, Oh, what? It takes you a moment to have to think about it. And it will more than a minute. <laughs> it probably could take you a little while to figure out what visually uh, could you do that ties to the message because it has to obviously tie to it. Um, and then the, 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 the second piece I, I've also seen folks do is tell, and this is on YouTube ads, uh, who it's not for. Uh, or either who it is for or who it isn't for. So like if if you don't care about increasing your revenue or if you don't care as <laughs> the negatives, then you can skip, don't listen to this video. Um, and, and people are like, mm, all right, I see what you're doing, but all right, let's 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 see what you have to say. So it's it's finding some sort of either pushback or pull in or or visual cue to just grab like what, what's going on here and uh, can can work. Okay, well, that's, that's, that's definitely fair enough. That's fair enough. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second, but first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. Then there was that second piece I wanted to go back to. You talked about um, quality, right? So let's mm. all appreciate that not everybody, the vast majority out there, I'm going to say, are not going to have the budget to have this like, you know, Hollywood style production, right? Mm -hmm. But just, okay, in the interest of time, maybe like the top two things that you say, um, you know, that absolutely has to be there in order for you to produce a quality video and i'm not necessarily just talking about the equipment mind you because you know that's only part of it right like the, uh, mm -hmm. the technology the software and whatnot. yeah yeah i can easily go on a couple angles here i mean the first thing always pops in my head as i started 13 years ago in video of like good sound matters the most if they can't hear you legibly and under understand what you're saying then the rest of it is mute uh, uh no pun intended mute but uh and then the the second would be be lighting i mean lighting is so powerful if it is it, either visually pleasing or you look like you're in the witness protection program i mean you don't have to have the best camera at all but if you have if you can hear what they're saying and you can see them clearly natural light big windows they're great so that's like on the on the on the actual production side I, is that kind of where you were thinking when you were asking that question yes yes okay absolutely yeah. um i love how you brought up the part about good sound right because this, mm. this is something that uh, another guest on the show uh talked about at length right most people generally these days in terms of like attention span and what they like to look at and the way they consume content online they might have a certain degree of forgiveness for the visual aspect but if your sound's not good then they'll zone out. 
Uh, mm -hmm. That said, and you might know where I'm going with this, um, a lot of people also tend to view videos on um, handheld devices and mobiles. It's not all on desktop, right? So sound might be an issue because um, some of these browsers will switch your sound off, right? So it is, yeah, that's true. You address that with subtitles or, or what do you do there? Subtitles are your friend. Yes. <laughs> it is It is a whole new craze that, that um, in videos where you might probably wouldn't even need subtitles anymore, you are adding them. And it can bypass the sound issue. I, a lot of times I'm thinking of long, a little bit longer form content or where you're trying to communicate a story and somebody's willing to wanting to click and hear, then sound matters. If, if it's shorter form, then most people don't click the sound and then they're, they're reading it. And then it comes the importance of you better have closed captioning on it. Um, if, if you want to both capture their attention as well as sustain it through the rest of the video so that they'll keep reading along with it. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Alexander, this is the part of the conversation where we talk about actionable tips. I mean, you've given us quite a, quite a number of actionable tips already, but okay, let me just set this up. Let's appreciate that you can't do all of this stuff like overnight. I mean, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? But what are some things that B2B marketers and their sales counterparts can do right now to leverage uh, videos, right? To use it to their advantage and also to, um, you know, implement those um, successful initiatives that they might have. So let's start with saying, um, what are some low hanging fruit? What do you think that they should focus on? Off you go. Two things, low hanging fruit. One is look at the existing content you already have and see how you can remix it. Uh, usually there's already interviews and content and, and pieces that that you can cut down and reuse as social clips or as sales follow-ups. Hey, check out this uh, this clip. As we talked about earlier, 70% goes unused. Take some time, get an intern or somebody to go and give some context and, and review um, and, and pull out new clips. The second though, low-hanging fruit, for videos you already have, I did some tests myself, A-B tests, to find out in a, in a, in a funnel. Um, I put a video on a landing page and just people weren't clicking on it. <laughs> you know, And I was like, why? why aren't they engaging with it? It's great. One, spend some time on a really great thumbnail. So that's an option. A lot of people kind of bypass it. We made the video, we put it up. But the thumbnail, they just use whatever content is already there. Spend some time, hire a good designer, or this is what we ended up doing, is use a good um, video hosting platform that will autoplay with the closed captioning. We've already proven it in, in timelines in, on social media uh, um, feeds. People are scrolling. It autoplays in most places, uh, but without sound, but with the closed captioning. And it's the same thing. When someone lands to a landing page, you can have it autoplay with closed captioning and i have seen I've, I've checked the stats between the two and dramatic then increase on the engagement people just sticking around because it's already play, so already playing you remove the barrier of having to click play uh and, and you, you increase the number percentage also of people that will click the button to then hear it and listen more you it's just like effortless because it just goes but it's not obtrusive because there's no sound yet um and most browsers support autoplay if the sound is disabled if you enable the sound for autoplay then most browsers will just pause the whole thing and it won't work um so that's a great hack that you could start using uh for great engagement on your existing video content and let me tell you man we love hacks on this show so <laughs> <laughs> but what you were referring to i noticed that um 
this might this might have been a couple of months ago, but I think YouTube has added that feature where you just mouse over the uh, the, the thumbnail mm. of said video and it starts to play. Right? Yes, it, it'll pop out a little bit. Like it, it's almost like it's almost like its own separate window, kind of, mm-hmm. and, and it just pops out and starts playing. Right. It, it's everywhere. Even Netflix, everywhere. you're scrolling yes. through and it starts autoplay. It's kind All of right. annoying. Uh, yeah, as consumers, something like I just don't want to play, but it's the sound. The sound is the oh. annoying part. If you don't do the sound, then it's not as annoying, and you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> uh, get you intrigued. Exactly, exactly. All right, my next question is one of those like love it or hate it, right? Like okay. metrics. Ah, uh, right? metrics. You're putting all this great stuff out there, great videos, fantastic content, and then you have to compile this report as a B2B marketer or even as a salesperson at the end of the month. And you have to show that to somebody and say, okay, well, this is what we did. So how do you prove that um, these initiatives that you rolled out are working? What should people be looking at? What should they be paying attention to? Mm, three things. Uh, the the most obvious one I think people come to is, is um, uh, how many people play a video? Uh, but kind of connected, I, I look at it was watch time. Um, I use uh, Wistia. That's the video hosting platform I really like that you can track watch time and engagement and how it drops off and based on per IP address, a lot of cool things. But almost every video platform will have some sort of ability to, to check watch time. And that'll help you gauge the content itself of people. Do they like it and how how they're doing it? If they click on to play it or not, that's a, that's a big one because that'll tell you, is there thumbnail working? If you're using not the autoplay. If the autoplay works, then you can pay attention to see how long they watch. Another one would be just time on page connected to that video versus no video. And there are a lot of stats to prove that when you add a video to a page, you increase watch time, uh, time on page dramatically uh, because you have that more visual engagement and content that, that people can engage with. The last one I'd look at is, 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 not always directly tied to the video, but the video plays a role, is your conversion rate, your click-through rate to your next major action item that you want them to do um, on a page before and after. Because most video platforms, um, you don't put a link link in the video. Uh, There are some newer technologies, but people are usually browsing the rest of the page. But check, that's a stat to to, to pay attention to, is your click-through rate, when you add a video to the mix, uh, because the whole point of adding video is it increases the conversions. I, I am a big proponent and believer that video will increase that final conversion, which is the goal of all of our marketing and sales efforts. So those would be my top stats to check and metrics. Yeah, yeah, no, those are those are definitely great um, points there, um, and especially like uh, click through rate and also watch time. I mean, like I think if I were to apply that to the world of podcasting, it would almost be like your your your, your you're looking at the download rates or the number of downloads and subscriptions, but you're not necessarily taking them very seriously. Let's put it that way. What you're, yes. what you are looking at, back to the point that you brought up, is you're looking at the completion rate, mm-hmm. right? So similar to a video, how much time are these people investing, or how much of the episode, or how much of the video did they actually watch before they mm-hmm. said, "Okay, I'm done," right? <laughs> My cautionary note to that one, because um, I love and I'm always curious about watch time, is um, someone doesn't have to complete a video to still make a conversion. Right. So the ultimate yes. 
metric is conversion. And some people don't need to watch the entire video to be convinced that I need whatever you have. So don't, don't get afraid if people aren't completing your videos. I actually have a lot of people that like get, you know, halfway through like, oh yeah, no, no, I got it. I, I get it. I'm excited. They don't need to watch the rest. So that, that would be just my only cautionary point. You don't, mm-hmm. that isn't the ultimate metric to track watch yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really great, great point that you brought up because um, you know, I believe that too. It's like, you know, you don't have to always have a, like necessarily a hundred percent completion rate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. Wow. I'm getting excited about this next question because uh, you brought, you brought up a few of them already, but like, uh, what is your, what is Alexander Ferguson's go-to tech stack for videos? <laughs> All right. Pay attention folks. Okay. <laughs> There, there's a, there's a lot to look at here, uh, both from uh, creation of the video after it's created, how do you put it together, and then how do you post it and share it. I'll start with the very end of sharing it. Wistia and Vimeo are my two favorite video hosting platforms. Wistia mostly for the, the the statistics and the final like marketing piece. Vimeo for more of an internal review and sometimes in certain places uh, for sharing with customers. Another big tool I love is Otter. Uh, everyone usually I think at this point has. Um, a transcription tool they like, otter.ai though. When I have lots of interviews, a lot of content that I need to pull out great more video, I'll get that transcribed. Um, there's some other good tools, but Otter's one I've been using. When it comes to video creation, um, we have a team of video editors. So I, it may or may not be relevant for you. We we love Final Cut. Uh, that's what happens to be weighed on. But uh, a fun tool that we're into is is enhancing videos uh, that if it's very low quality, like it was recorded poorly uh, and low light or, or or it's grainy, we use a tool called Topaz AI that enhances it. Uh, there's a there's a web version uh, of another company, similar thing, it's called Neural.love um, that enhances the, the video. Um, uh, there's also a great website. I think it's called Background Remover. So if you if you need to remove a background, it can like get you a nice clear background, put something behind it. Headliner.app uh, is a cool one to, that will put a, a a thing on the top if you want to close captioning. Clipchamp uh, is another website that can help easily create that those final social media versions of content. And one last one, fun if you're when you're less on the on the video is is a Quillbot. Uh, Q-U-I-L-L bot. It's if you need to rephrase or rewrite something in another place, whether for your own script writing or other stuff, I find that a very helpful tool to when you need to re- <laughs> rewrite the same words in a new way. Quill bot. I, I love that name because, you know, it's like Quill. It's like, okay, Shakespeare, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's like Quill, <laughs> Quill and Ink. Yes. Um, well, that was a great list. And I have to say that Otter and I have a great understanding. Right? Like, <laughs> it's a so fantastic we definitely use Otter and uh, and also Headliner because we you know we put up these uh, uh, video snippets for the podcast interview and uh, that's a, such a great tool to use. Um, mm-hmm. Man, Alexander, we could have gone on for another five or six hours here, man. This is <laughs> such a great conversation, but thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing Absolutely. your expertise and experience with the listeners. So for all of you listening out there, listen back to this interview and take notes and then go out there and make uh, make these amazing videos that they, you can then implement in your B2B marketing and sales initiatives. But please, quick intro to yourself and how folks out there can get in touch with you, especially when it comes to video. You got it. So I'm Alexander with TerraLeap. Um, I've been 13 years in the video industry. I've actually co-founded three brands probably served over 500 organizations at this point, thousands of videos, made plenty of ones that did not work. Uh, that I'm like, why did you 
customer decide to make a video like this. And now kind of where I am, I'm on a mission for people to realize that customer videos are the best, one of the best marketing content you can create. Probably way better than any other video ideas you have. <laughs> and we exist um, at TerraLeap.io, TerraLeap uh, 1R. Uh, that we actually own the domain for both ours. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. I am there all the time messaging and creating new content. I'm planning on sharing a lot of stories of how I'm using our own customer videos in our marketing efforts, running campaigns, how I'm running on LinkedIn. Uh, we also have a great report for those that want it on how do you get customers to say yes to doing a testimony video. We've got to oh. actually wrote a whole bunch of email templates of like, how do you uh, message them and explain to them, this is why I need it or, and how do you, get the right time, the right person, the right incentive. So we got a great uh, guide to that. I'll, I'll send you the link, uh, Christian, so maybe you can put in the show notes. People can uh, take a look at it. Fantastic, fantastic. I will be sure to have a look at that one because we we do not have video testimonials, you know, for oh. either our show. I know, I know. I'm, I'm bowing my head in shame. I know. <laughs> but I'll make it happen. Thank you so much for coming on and, uh, you know, take care, stay safe and uh, talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. All right, bye for now. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at Einblick, please visit our website at www.einblick.co and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.